Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit hopechurchmemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Rufus Smith. So we're going to talk about the role of grandparents today. I'm going to um, start and do my first two sermon points. Then I'm going to ask a panel to come forward as we discuss grandparenting. And after that, I will come back with two other closing comments. The role of grandparenting. It is found throughout the scripture. You don't find the word grandparent in the Bible in its uh, modern uh, uh, original translations. You do find the term fathers or forefathers. And so let's take a look at Psalm 78, 1 through 4, and we'll read it in the New Living Translation. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they in turn would teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands, then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. So the psalmist is giving us some consecrated clues on the role of grandparents. Here's the sermon in a sentence. What grandparents don't spiritually protect, their children will neglect, and their grandchildren will reject. That's what Gio was thinking about. You can be a blessing or a cursing, a cursing, for generations. What grandparents in their generation do leave unprotected, what they don't protect, their children will neglect, and then their children will reject. It also works in the opposite direction. But let's give you an example. We look today at, say, uh, the commitment to marriage. The commitment to marriage in the 30s and 40s, the divorce rate was a little under 5%. And when a commitment to marriage is not protected in one generation, it will be neglected in the next generation. So by the time we get to the mid-1980s, the commitment to marriage and the divorce rate is almost 50%. And if that's not only neglected, not left unprotected, it will be rejected by the next generation. And that's why we see so many others of this generation not marrying or waiting to marry at older ages. This generation, 
the most divorced generation in American history. Give you another one, church attendance. Now you may not think church attendance is an important spiritual barometer, uh, but throughout the Bible, fellowship with other believers, it is. Now some people say you can still be a Christian and not go to church, and that is true. But that's not the way God intended. I can also be married and not go home. <laughs> but it'll kind of strain the relationship. So when it's left unprotected in one generation, it will be neglected in the next generation and rejected in the third generation. Now I'm talking about pre-COVID. This has nothing to do with COVID. COVID exposed what was already happening. It, it, it could also work in the affirmative. And you've seen it in your families, in my families, when some spiritual truth is protected, it is not neglected in this generation and will not be rejected in the third generation. Every generation must stand on its own two spiritual feet. Every generation must stand on its own two spiritual feet. My grandparents' faith, my mother's faith will only take me so far. And every generation will have its crises that they need to rely on God for. Every generation will have its crises. From the generation that had depression in World War II to the generation that had 911, uh, the civil rights in Vietnam to the generation that had 911 and the Great Recession, every generation is going to have its crisis. The question is, how are you going to stand? And that depends on what the psalmist says: is if I am doing these four things. Let me take two of them now before I call our panel up. Number one. The psalmist says, think long-term. Think long-term. In fact, think four generations ahead because my actions will have a ripple effect on generations that are yet unborn. So think long-term. Don't just think me, think we. Think long-term. Secondly, he tells us, tell your children of the glories and mighty acts of God. Tell them, tell them. Tell your children of the glories and mighty acts of God. You have to tell them. When you build relationships with your children or grandchildren, then it will open up opportunities for you to tell them sometimes some hard truths when you build relationships. It will give you credibility, chips in the bucket when you are building relationships. I've discovered that I will accept criticism from a person when they've been my cheerleader. If you've never been my cheerleader, then I hardly don't want to hear criticism from you. But when you build relationships, the psalmist says, tell them of God's glories and his mighty acts. Don't just tell them by judging them. 
Don't tell them by saying, you ought to have done this, you ought to have done that. Tell them of God's goodness, of his greatness, and his glory. And there will be opportunities where you will be able to tell them truth if you build relationships. I'll come back with the last two uh, in a moment. But we have a, what, one, two, three other grandparents who are going to join me on stage. If you will come on out. Um, let me get this fourth chair here. All right, Pastor Eli will bring that chair. All right. As they come out. Excellent. I'm going to let them introduce themselves here in a minute. Okay. We're going to have a 12-minute, 15, 20, 30-hour conversation, whatever. <laughs> I know you're good uh, as far as that's concerned. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is to introduce yourselves and your grandparents. I'll start with you, Maddie. Good morning. My name is Maddie Cousin. My grandson is Jalen Cousin. Jalen is a 20-year-old special needs child that attends the University of Memphis, and the Tiger Life program. Jalen was born very premature, weighing two pounds, 1.8 ounce. His mother was not able to care for him, and Jalen has endured so many different situations and circumstances. I am very proud of him. He is a black belt in karate, <laughs> loves, <laughs> loves skateboarding, and has started his own business as an entertainer. Beautiful. All right. And Maddie represents one of the fastest growing family units in America today, grandparents raising grandchildren. All right. Good morning. Um, my name is Lisa Amon, and the picture you see are the special people that gave me these six little incredible people. Um, I am blessed to be a grandmother that has their grandchildren all here in the city. That is Ollie and Quinn, children of, there is Cade, Emmeline, and Tucker. And um, I think you'll see we're challenged at the lake. <laughs> and there's my grandson Jay at Grandparents Day. So they keep me busy. Beautiful. All right. I am a grandfather of four boys, ranging from 12 to about five. Uh, that's uh, Isaac, and um, that's uh, Tyson. Uh, he's seven, and that is uh, Malachi and uh, Shallow. Uh, I've got six grandkids. Uh, Tommy and Jessica have uh, two daughters, Dell, who's almost 10, Hagen, who's eight. Uh, my son, uh, Avery, and his wife, Destiny, live in Portland, and they've got three boys, and Easton is 10, and Huck is eight, and Rocky is five, and he lives up to his name, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then there's that photo of my daughter, Lindsay, and uh, their son, Asher, who is eight months old, and a delight. Beautiful. All right. <clears throat> now, um, Tell me what is your greatest joy being a grandparent? 
Me first? Yeah, you, you go first. Well, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. Okay. Then you can go. All right. No, no, good. Greatest joy of being a grandparent is when the parents come pick up their kids. <laughs> Man, you are a mess, dude. Uh, okay. I, I didn't know my grandfathers, really. Uh, I, I, I knew my, my, my grandmother's, uh, uh, my dad's uh, dad a little bit. But uh, he passed when I was little, and I never really knew my, my mom's dad, so I'm making, uh, I'm being very intentional about being a grandfather. Mm -hmm. And the thing, I, the thing I love the best is, we live in a tiny little condo downtown, <laughs> it's one bedroom, and so anytime the grandkids stay with us, they're in the room. They're not like, <laughs> okay, go put the kids to bed. No, they're right there, I'm looking at them. <laughs> And uh, it's great, great fun. We had Asher last week, and uh, Huck is coming this next week. So we, I, I love having them sleep with us in the same room. Uh, that, that, it's going to be short-lived, but it was fun. <laughs> I love it. It's Lisa. I think it's the unbridled joy um, when they come running into my arms because they haven't seen me for a few days, and they act like they haven't seen me forever. <laughs> Um, it reminds me of just the unconditional love that Jesus has for us. Um, in those pictures, you might have noticed there's not a granddad. Um, my husband passed away just three months after our first grandson was born. So be careful what you pray for. Um, I spent many nights asking God to fill my cup, and he filled it to overflowing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, again, just very blessed to, to be used um, and to not have a spare minute sometimes. <laughs> Very good. Well, I don't have the experience of sending a child home. <laughs> Jalen is with me 24-7 from the day he was released from the hospital. He's been with me. Um, before Jalen's mother passed, she, I had a conversation with her, and I asked her what did she want for Jalen in the future, who did she want him to be with? And she looked at me like, you. <laughs> so I have that awesome responsibility of watching Jalen grow from day one to 20 some years, and he has been a blessing. Um, he's very vocal, and we had custody uh, situation, and Jalen was in the judge's chamber, and he told the judge, I don't, we moved here from Dallas after his mother passed, and he said, I don't want to go back to Dallas. I want to live in Memphis, and I don't want to leave my church. We have been at church since 2015, <laughs> and I thank God for this experience with, the, with Hope Church. Amen. Beautiful. All right, third question, uh, next to the last question. Uh, have you experienced any tension disagreement, discomfort with your children and how to raise your grandchildren differently than perhaps you were, you were raised. Who wants to start? Okay, I'll start. Um, <clears throat> and then we'll go to uh, Lisa, and then Maddie, then uh, Pastor Eli. Uh, as many of you know, I, I, I raised my children not celebrating Christmas in the traditional way. Uh, but really focusing on birthdays. So they've never gotten a Christmas gift from, from us uh, all of their, their lives. And so when the grandchildren came along, of course, that's what we're going to do, right? Uh, they quickly let me know, Dad, we 
get it. You tried to teach us Christmas. It's not about commercialism. It's not about, we get it. But we ain't raising our kids that way. <laughs> so I had to uh, adjust. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. that. That's a common theme, I think, with grandparents. And much in the same way, I decided that um, I needed to pause. My, it's not so, so much a specific disagreement as it is, it didn't feel long ago that I was teaching my children and they turned out to be great, so why wouldn't I do the same thing? But it's not really my place. My place is to come along beside those families, those parents who God has equipped them to be their teachers and I'm their biggest fan. Um, I want to support what those parents say and just be there to respect them and pause. Mm. Good, good. My situation, again, is different. Yes. Jalen is the one that we have to, and the main thing, I've watched him grow, and I wanted to hold on, but Jalen's the type of person that will blossom. He would tell you, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and the main thing is that he's determined to do that. And he tells me, Mimi, I can drive. And I'm like, no, not my car. <laughs> but he's determined to do everything. And I'm grateful that God has put that faith in him that he can do all things through Christ who strengths. Beautiful. Amen. I have learned that I'm a student. Patty and I are students now. We're learning how our children desire to raise their children. And we've, it's, it's not easy, I, you know. Let me tell you what else I found out. Ain't no such thing as a whooping. Mm -hmm. So, so man, you know, I kinda used to get a whooping. And my dad and his dad, ain't no whoopings, man. We got a whole new paradigm. It's some timeouts. It's some, uh, it's some think about your choices. It's uh, I'm taking away your device time. But it's great. It's great. I'm learning a lot. I didn't, hey, I didn't need that whooping I used to get. I, <laughs> you used the right word, too. You didn't it say is, that's whip. A, that's you a Tennessee whoop, term. Whoop. That's what I was. Whoop. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Last question. Um, and I'll start with um, you, Maddie, and then um, with you, uh, Lisa. How have you um, spiritually uh, conveyed truth to Jalen? I mean, and perhaps what suggestion you have uh, for others? At an early age, I purchased a Bible for Jalen, a children's Bible, and we would take times on Sunday afternoon to go through different Bible stories and I would allow him to tell me what he got out of the story, and then I would tell him what I got out of the story. But the main thing is, um, I, I try to make sure, instill in him John 1, 12, mm -hmm. because when his mother passed, uh, well, before she passed, he felt that he didn't belong. Mm -hmm. And John 1, 12, and that because of his faith, he has the right to be called a child of God. Um, he prays. He's a strong prayer warrior. And I've instilled in him that prayer, through prayer, all things are possible if it's God's will. 
and he will pray no matter what. If I tell him no or something, he'll say, well, can we pray about it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll hear him in his bedroom at night and he talks to God just like we're having a conversation. And it's so long and I'll say, Jalen, go to bed. I'm still praying. <laughs> and so that, that has been a blessing. And one thing I just wanted to add is that um, I've instilled in him that with losing his mom, it's not final. Um, I've, I've, I've lost my son and my, grand, and my daughter. Um, but God has blessed me to instill in him that it's not the end, mm -hmm. that he will see them again. And I'm very thankful for that. Bless you. Amen. Good. Um, <clears throat> scripture tells us not to be ashamed of the gospel. And I think when I think of how my grandchildren will reflect on who I am and the legacy that I leave. I want them to know that I love Jesus. And I feel like the best way to do that is to get down on their level. They've got parents that are teaching them. They have teachers at school that are instructing them. And so I don't wanna be a teacher per se, but yeah, get down on their level and do life with them. I had one grandson that I was watching this past week come home from school. And there was a note in his folder and the teacher said that on the playground, he'd gotten a little aggressive with his friend. And when I asked him about it, he said, well, he was stomping on bugs and he was killing them. <laughs> and I said, okay. So it, it opened the door to like talk about God's creation. They're old enough now that they know there's not a granddad at home with me. And it opened the door for me to talk about heaven and how we'll see them again. So. I feel like my place is um, just to make Jesus relatable to them, to say their prayers with them every night. And the first thing they do is say, who are we gonna pray for? So we pray for somebody else. And then in the morning we get up and what do we do? We thank God because he delivered um, and gave us a good night's sleep and um, sweet dreams and an attitude of being happy to go to school. So. Bless you, all right. Got the final word. How have you conveyed the spiritual truth? You know, it's funny. I mean, even our, our, our kids, even spiritually, come from a little bit different places. And so I want to honor them. You know, we, I, sing, I sing some to them. Not like you, but I, no, no. I, get, I get by. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I'll, I'll pull the guitar out and, and we'll, we'll sing a little bit. And uh, they're more intrigued with the guitar than they are with them. But, and then I just try to live. I try to live like Jesus might live. And I'm not perfect at it, but that's, I do the best I can, you know. Wonderful. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Now, at the conclusion, when I ask for the benediction, Pastor Eli, uh, before the benediction, Pastor Eli is going to pray for grandparents here in the room and online, and he may even sing a little bit before he does that. <laughs> so the psalmist says, think long-term. Tell them of God's glories and deeds. And then he closes by saying, teach them. If you teach them, then they will turn away from rebelling against God and not giving him their heart. So teaching is by lifestyle. Telling is verbal. Teaching is by lifestyle. How many of you have heard more is caught than taught? 
Uh-huh. And, and you can learn a lot. I want you to be thinking about the times you have learned from your grandparents or great-grandparents something that they modeled by example. Maybe not even said a whole lot about it. Think about those times, and that's how we need to teach by example and lifestyle our own because it will have a ripple effect. My great-grandfather was a, um, my grandfather was a carpenter, and he would teach me when it came to uh, measuring, you measure twice and cut once. Um, I didn't really know what that meant, and I didn't see the necessity of measuring twice if you're going to cut it anyway, so sometimes I would just measure and cut, and it would be wrong. And he would say, did you measure it twice? Uh, no, sir. Measure twice, cut once. And then he would go through it with me again. I have taken that throughout my life. I double-check a whole lot of things just because of that principle. And then my grandmother taught me uh, something, and uh, she didn't whoop me, but she taught me this. Uh, I was cleaning up a room one time, and... Uh, she left me in the room. I had a $5 bill. She left there on the end table. Uh, I put the $5 bill in my pocket. And uh, she came back and looked at the room, inspected it, said, great job. Uh, where's that $5 bill? That I left. I said, I, I don't know. And she said, you sure? I said, no, I, didn't, I don't know. She said, if I check your pockets, will I see it? Uh, okay. And there I was. I pulled it out that $5 bill, and she said, now, um, how did it feel for you to lie to me? I mean, that, that, ah, ah. Okay, true story. A few weeks later, I'm cleaning up again. She left a $5 bill on the end table. Guess what? When she got back and inspected the room, that was the $5 bill. <laughs> and then she said this, I'll never forget. How did it feel to be honest? I said, it feels good. To this day, if I see a person drop a penny, I will run a block to say, hey, you lost this penny. <laughs> because teaching my lifestyle, that impacted me so much. What about you? What about you? Because if I teach my lifestyle, then it will turn their generation away. That's why the psalmist said the Israelites turned their hearts against God and rebelled because their foreparents did not think long-term, tell them, and teach them. And when we lose that, then it impacts an entire generation. I want you to be thinking about how you can have an impact in your own children's Lies. Remember that what one generation leaves unprotected, this generation will neglect it, and this generation will what? Reject it. But the opposite is also true, and that's what we want to do. Amen. Let's um, stand together. Pastor Eli is going to come. For, for, well, not everybody. If you're a grandparent or great-grandparent, I want you to stand. If you're a grandparent or great-grandparent, I want you to stand. Amen. Beautiful. 
And Pastor Eli is going to pray. For those of you who are seated and are not yet grandparents, you'll be praying along with him. Let's pray together. Father God, lives are built upon relationships. This particular relationship, for me to be able to be EI to these kids, for me to be married to Nana, and to pour into their lives is such a beautiful honor and such a, a, a beautiful opportunity. So I pray for my friends here who are grandparents, great-grandparents. I pray that you might give them your grace, that you might give them wisdom, that you might fill them with your love so that they may fill that family with love as well. Mm. Father, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for being our Father in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openheisen, Musical Worship Director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.